Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Welcome to Scared to Death, Creeps, Peepers, Roberts, and Annabelle's, and Lindsay. Oh. Welcome. I'm welcoming you to the show today. Oh, I thought like you were like, and there's a new tier of Patreon. It's the Lindsay <laughs> tier. Everyone can be a Lindsay. No, I was just extending a welcome to you. Damn it. I just got so excited <laughs> that I was going to be so special. You're still special. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, I'm Dan. This is Lindsay. Hello. And we have a fun show for you today. Well, fun well, asterisks. Define fun. Uh, I'm I'm very excited about. Uh, I'll tell you in a second. Okay. About the previews, but we have a couple quick announcements. Okay. We have some uh, merch that I think you're going to be excited about. Some Probably. F- fun new merch in the store at badmagicmerch.com. Uh, surprised at how many uh, you know fans actually requested this collection. Now in store the spoopy bitch <laughs> mini collection. <laughs> yes, this is true. There was a lot of yeah asking for that. Uh, you can grab your tea. Your crop hoodie, your coffee mug at badmagicmerch.com. You can show your coworkers just how spoopy you really are. Uh, I guess you can also kind of show them, you know, how much of a, a bitch you are, but in a good way. You be careful with that mm-hmm. word, buddy. In a good, uh, the good kind. If you if you buy any of this stuff, people are gonna think like there's a there's a good bitch right there. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. A good spoopy bitch. Uh, Some people will be very confused, <laughs> which will also be really fun for you. Yeah, true. Uh, and then a, a quick charity announcement. The first Bad Magic Productions charity of 2022 is still Love Thy Neighbor. Now we know the donation amount, uh, $15,500. Thank you, Annabelle's, for your contributions to this awesome donation. Uh, we met the lovely ladies who run this 501c3 nonprofit, primarily serving Denver and the surrounding area. Last time I was touring there, uh, doing shows at Comedy Works. Uh, working with these generous lo- or working with generous local businesses, they hand out free food to the homeless. Also, give clothing, shoes, blankets, etc. Distribute them to the homeless. Uh, literally, k- help keep people alive by supplying them, you know, food, clothing, and more in a very cold, harsh city in the winter. Oh man, in Colorado, like those wildfires that were oh, working yeah? through suburbs. Crazy. Yep, more than ever, they're going to be needed. So to find out more, you can go to ltnsocks.com. Uh, yeah, they also give uh, some fun socks away to uh, people who donate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. So now it's story time. Oh, wow. That was just like two very quick amount, uh, amounts. It's two quick announcements. It's two quick announcements. Well, I told you I was going to burn through those announcements. <laughs> 
Oh no. Have you given me your mush mouth? Oh man, maybe. Is it contagious? It might be. Oh no. I can't believe it took you this, this long to get it. <laughs> now you've got it back. <laughs> how many uh how many stories do you have today? I have two. I have two, 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 and uh we have an interesting haunted child. Like mm. mm-hmm. so interesting to think about what would you do if your kid maybe didn't necessarily believe in the paranormal or maybe wasn't even aware of it. Right. But you were certain they had an attachment. Okay. And sticking with the child theme, uh, my second story, the email, what was the title? Haunted Toddler in the Basement. Jeez. And I was like, well, that sounds terrible. That sounds good and creepy. Yeah. So there you have it. <laughs> a kid theme in a not creepy, creepy way. Sure. Sure. I get you. Uh, you have your two. I have two as well. First set in Delaware, uh, Lums Pond State Park. We're according to legend, a young woman was murdered a century and a half ago, and her spirit still roams the woods, still looking for her killer. And then next, we'll go to an unknown small town in Nebraska where a man's confronted by the angry ghost of someone he really didn't care for in life, who he now really, really doesn't care for in death. Uh, this one gave me the most chills of any story that I've come across in the last month or so. So I'll be curious how it spooks you as well. Good luck. I'm feeling very resilient right now. So, oh, mm-hmm. all right. You have to try hard. Okay, I'll try. Yeah. yeah. Uh, are you ready to dig in? A little bit of setup with this first one. Yes, I've got on some fun unicorn socks. Those are fun. They have the actual horn on them. I know. I love them. Those are those are really fun socks. They're really distracting because you just kind of want to do this for a while. <laughs> and yeah, I'm gonna get cozy and you get us going. All right, sounds good. Lums Pond State Park. Located in Bear, Delaware, is a beautiful, well-maintained natural site where campers and anglers come from all over to enjoy a peaceful retreat in nature. There are several campsites, bathrooms, a fishing platform, various park benches with scenic views, other amenities, and two hiking trails that weave through the pond's edge. The Jersey Trail and the Swamp Forest Trail. And the Swamp Forest Trail is a known paranormal hotspot. In the 1870s, an unnamed young woman from Newcastle County ran away from home and ended up in what is now the park. It's a long ways from being a park back then. Wild, remote land. Back then, undeveloped, dense, dark patch of woods. This woman decided to camp out in the woods her first night away from home. Some man found her. Based on the state of her body, when it was found later, he had raped her and left her for Ugh. dead. Before she died, some locals heard her screaming late into the night, but they weren't able to find her body until long after she died of her injuries. Man. Her body wasn't found for several days, actually. Found in some thick, marshy brush next to what is now the Swamp Forest Trail. And her killer never found. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Ever since, several times a year, it seems, always after sunset, hikers still hear her screaming, her gut-wrenching cries for help echoing from somewhere near the trail. And every once in a while, some claim to encounter her ghost. Today's story comes from a young woman who visited the campgrounds a few years ago and claims to be one of the unlucky few who had an unlucky close encounter with the ghost of Lums Pond State Park. Time now for the tale of the ghost of the girl in the woods. Sam and Bailey are one of those couples that love to go camping and hiking every chance they get. At least they used to. And not just because it was cheap. Instead of romantic getaways to fancy hotels or resorts, they preferred to hit campsites across the country and rough it when they had a free week or a free weekend. And one weekend several years back, the campsite they chose was at Lums Pond State Park. Lums Pond isn't a real well-known state park, not usually on anyone's top 10 list, but Sam and Bailey were both originally from the nearby town of Newark, and even though neither of them had visited the park growing up, a friend had told them it was a hidden gem, and they booked a spot. On a crisp early fall Saturday morning, Sam and Bailey packed up their camping gear and got into the car, bringing their dog Millie with them. 
Millie was pumped. Tail wagging and ears up, she didn't usually get to go on mom and dad's trips, but Lums Park was super dog-friendly with plenty of trails for walks. The outdoorsy couple set up their campsite, spent the afternoon walking the Jersey Trail. They ate dinner in the early evening, spent some time by a nice fire, and then got ready to head into the tent and crash for the night. I need to take Millie on one last walk, Bailey told Sam as he tossed what garbage would burn into the campfire he'd put out when Bailey got back and gathered up the rest to take to a nearby park dumpster. Bailey watched Millie's ears perk up excitedly. Sam looked up at the sky. I don't know, he said hesitantly. Does she really need one? It's so dark. Can't she just pee around the tent? If you want to wait a little while, I'll go with you. Bailey gave him a patient smile. It'll be fine. This place is full of other campers and we'll stick to the trail. Sam, the worrier of the relationship, sighed. Okay, just please take your phone so I can check in if I get worried and come back soon. Okay, Grandpa, <laughs> Bailey teased before planting a kiss on top of his head. You have nothing to worry about. Come on, Millie. Bailey snapped a leash onto Millie's harness and flashlight in hand, the two set off to find a good place for Millie to mark her territory. Two signs stood in front of her, one for the Jersey Trail and one for the Swamp Forest Trail. She asked herself, should she take the familiar route or maybe do a little exploring? She and Sam were supposed to take the Swamp Forest Trail tomorrow, but the curious side of Bailey wanted to preview it now and won out. Bailey took the Swamp Forest path, pulling Millie along with her. They continued walking in silence for a few minutes. Soon, at least a few hundred yards away from any other campers, the only sounds they could hear were their own footsteps crunching over leaves and sticks. Since they were alone, Bailey unclipped Millie's harness, letting her walk freely. It was against park rules, but Millie was a good dog, and she always went to the bathroom a little faster if she was able to roam a bit. The two continued strolling along, Millie happily sniffing away at anything she could find. Suddenly, not only Bailey, suddenly not only could Bailey not hear any of the other campers, she couldn't see the lights from their camps either. Actually, it might have been several minutes, maybe five, since she could. She checked her phone, realized they'd walked for a lot longer than she'd intended. They left camp. 10 minutes ago, and she didn't have a cell signal even though she had almost full bars back at the campsite. She wanted into a little dead zone, and now she wanted to start heading back. Millie, Bailey called. Time to go back. Come, Millie. Millie was a good 40 or 50 feet further down the trail than she was, and after calling her, instead of hearing the pitter-patter of her paws on the trail, she ran back to her, and the jingling of her dog tags against her collar, Bailey heard a low, aggressive growl. Millie was crouched low, baring her teeth, growling at something out in the forest. Seeing this gave Bailey the chills. Millie was eight years old, and Bailey had literally never seen her do this before. Was there some kind of predator lurking out in the woods waiting to attack them? She hadn't seen any warning signs for black bears, bobcats, cougars, or wolves. From what she understood, seeing any of those animals would be extremely rare, not only in this park, but anywhere in Delaware. She thought briefly about what an incredibly terrible and unlucky time it would be to see one of those creatures now. Bailey knew the best course of action was to keep calm and walk back to camp. She called softly for her dog again. Millie girl, come. Millie, come here. Millie continued growling. She didn't even move to acknowledge that she'd heard Bailey calling for her. Bailey now walked up slowly behind Millie, ready to clip her back into her leash, pull her down the trail towards camp. Millie's growling had turned into snarling. Bailey felt sick. Their dog didn't come on vacation with them often, but she'd been on over a dozen camping trips. She'd seen plenty of other animals, and Bailey had never seen her react to anything like this. Bailey peered into the forest in front of her, trying to see what was calling, causing Millie such distress. Then an ear-piercing scream echoed from the nearby woods. Millie shot forward, running straight off the trail and out into the dark forest. No! Bailey shouted, instinctively running after her. She heard a blood-curdling scream cut through the forest. It sounded like a woman's voice. Bailey didn't know what to do. She was afraid to keep running further out into the dark woods. She didn't have phone reception or any weapons. Sam didn't even know where she was. 
He probably assumed she'd take another trail if he came looking. She didn't want to not help this woman, but she also didn't want to be attacked by whoever might be attacking her. She was worried about herself, she was worried about Millie, and she was worried about what might be happening to this unknown girl screaming for her life. She sounded like she was in a lot of pain. Hello? Bailey called out. Are you okay? She called out louder. She now reached a clearing in the woods. It felt especially dark here. Colder, too. Is anyone here? She called out again. Now she could see her breath. Millie! Millie! She grew scared as she called out for her dog, spinning around looking for her. She had no idea where she was now. Bailey then heard leaves crunching behind her. Relief flooded in. It must be Millie coming back to her. Thank God. But when Bailey turned around, she didn't see her dog. Instead, she saw the shadowy figure of a woman peeking out from behind a large tree. Bailey froze, not sure what to do. Her heart began pounding. Her fear response is surging. Bailey opened and closed her mouth but couldn't form any words. Do you know? The woman's voice croaked. Bailey hesitated before answering. What? what? Where is he? I, I don't understand. Help me. A pale, dirty hand reached out from behind the tree, fingers stretching towards her. Without thinking, Bailey reached out her hand, brushing her fingers against the girls, so cold. Do you know him? She whispered. Bailey felt something wet and gasped, jerking her hand back. Her fingers were smeared with blood now. What happened to you? Bailey whispered, horrified. The woman slowly stepped out from behind the tree. Bailey's mouth gaped open as she stared. She was filthy, covered in dirt and leaves, her long dress torn in places, her hair obscuring half her face. Bailey could see one wide brown eye peeking out behind the curtain of dark hair. Most disturbingly, she was covered in blood, clutching at her side with one hand. Oh my God, are you okay? No. The young woman croaked out, please help me. Come on, Bailey grabbed her hand again, all her fear replaced with worry. The woman was so cold, she must be going into shock. Come with me, we're going to get you back to the camp, we're going to call an ambulance. Bailey tried her best not to panic, it wouldn't help anything. The woman, however strange she was, clearly needed emergency medical services. What would she do if she collapsed on the trail? What if she died? Bailey still worried about Millie, but she would have to search for her later. What happened to you? Bailey asked again, pulling the woman along with her to the edge of the woods. She could just see the hiking trail through the trees. At some point, she stopped holding the woman's hand and slung her arm over her shoulder, supporting most of her weight as she staggered along. Bailey shivered, the woman's cold seeping into her own body. She could see bloodstains transferring onto her clothes. Where is he? The woman asked again. Who? Uh, the person who did this to you? Oh my God, is he still out here? Now Bailey was terrified for a new reason. There was possibly a killer prowling around the forest, and at this moment, she didn't have much more than 35-pound Millie to protect herself with, and she didn't know where Millie was. They were almost on the trail now. Oddly, Bailey wasn't that tired from supporting the woman's weight. She was so light. It was almost like Bailey was just supporting the weight of a heavy dress she was wearing. Blood was now pouring from the woman's wounds, and she was slowing down as they got closer to the trail. We're almost there. You, you can do this. You'll be at the hospital soon, I promise. Bailey tried her best to sound encouraging. She hoped she, wasn't mas she, hoped she was successfully masking the fear in her voice. I can't leave, the woman whispered. They were now at the very edge of the trees, just a few feet away from the trail. Of course you can. I'm right here to help you. Bailey tried to pull her along, mindful of her injuries. I can't leave, she repeated. Bailey! Sam's shout echoed from the distance. Bailey! She could hear Millie barking alongside him. Relief surged through her. Sam had come looking for her and found her, thank God. And now he could help her carry this woman. Sam! Bailey called as loud as she could. Sam, help! Bailey turned back to face the woman, trying to put on an encouraging smile. That's my boyfriend, Sam. He'll help us. He can carry... Bailey cut off, horrified. As she watched the woman in her arms slowly fade from a solid, real woman into a strange, gray shadow. She felt a cold breeze flow past her as the shadowy woman straightened up, slowly walked back out into the forest. 
Bailey stood there, mouth gaping open as her mind tried to process what she saw to come up with some sort of rational explanation. She screamed as a hand clapped onto her shoulder. Sam turned around, wrapping her arms, his arms around her. Millie jumped on her legs, barking happily. You scared the shit out of me, Sam's voice shook. His face was a mix of relief and anger. Where the hell have you been? Millie ran back to me alone. Why'd you come so far down this trail? I've been looking for you for what feels like half an hour. Are you hurt? Are you... Sam, Bailey cut him off. There's a woman in the woods. She needs help. She's really hurt. We have to find her. She just walked away from me. We need to find her and get her help now. I think someone stabbed her or something. Bailey could hear the panic in her voice. Whoa, whoa, slow down. A woman? Where? I haven't seen or heard anyone else. Yes, there is, Bailey asserted, louder than she intended to. I was just helping her get to the trail. I found her in the woods where Millie ran off. Sam looked at her now like she was crazy, or worse, like she, like he was concerned. Bailey, are you okay? He asked gently. Did you fall? Maybe hit your head? Stop, she yelled, growing frustrated. I'm telling the truth. I saw a woman in the woods. She kept asking me if I know where he is. I saw her covered in blood. I was trying to get her back to camp, but I think you scared her. We need to find her right now and get her to a hospital. She's going to die. Sam's eyes lit up with a realization that frightened him. Holy shit, he muttered. Bailey, I know this is going to sound insane, but I was just talking to another family at the campsite. They were telling me this crazy story about a girl who got killed here like a hundred years ago or something, and her spirit haunts the woods. Everything you're saying sounds exactly like the story they were telling me. I I think you saw her. What? Said Bailey, offended. A ghost? Sam, I didn't see a ghost. She turned towards the woods. It's okay. Sam is a good guy. We're here to help. Just tell us where you are. She started to go out into the woods and Sam grabbed her arm. Bailey, there's no one else here. I'm looking, Bailey shot back, with or without you. After a brief tense moment, realizing she was not going to be talked out of it, Sam conceded. Okay, Bailey. I'll help you. The two of them combed the area then with their flashlights back where Bailey had seen the ghost. Millie was now totally calm. No growling, snarling, baring her teeth, nothing. Also, after several minutes of searching, Bailey remembered the blood on her hand. It was gone. There was no trace of blood on her anywhere anymore. She now started to really entertain the possibility that she had just had an intense encounter with the dead. She asked Sam what the people had said back at the camp, and the story Sam heard was almost exactly what had happened to her. They headed back to camp and Bailey was surprised how quickly she was able to fall asleep after all of that. The experience had taken a lot out of her. Bailey and Sam checked the woods again the following morning when they woke up. There was nothing. No footprints, no blood trails, no body. It was like it had never happened, like Bailey imagined the whole thing. Then back at camp, they ran into some other campers who told Sam the story about the girl in the woods again in front of Bailey. If there was still any doubt that Bailey had seen a ghost, had touched one, this erased it. Bailey didn't want to stay another night at the campsite. She and Sam packed up and left. As he drove away, uh, Bailey felt so much sadness for the girl in the woods. How terrible to be stuck in an endless cycle repeating your terrible last day on earth. Bailey felt a little stuck herself now. She couldn't stop replaying her encounter over and over in her mind. She knew she'd never be able to forget her face, her cries for help, or the way she disappeared back into the forest. Ugh, that is so uncomfortable. Also, I mean, I would yell at you the way that Bailey yelled at Sam. Yeah? Don't you ever act like I'm crazy or bumped my head. Okay, no matter what you no say. No matter what. All right. No matter what. I can say anything I want. Anything at all. And I just and assume that you're sane and logical. Exactly. Yep. All right. Just so you know. Okay. Good yeah. to know. Good to know. Okay. Do you have pictures to go along with this? I do. I have a, a pretty pic, uh, picture of the pond. It's a very scenic little area. Oh, yeah. It's a nice little small, like, you know, state park. And then this uh, next one, this is a part of the trail. The woods around the trail is super thick. Easy to see how creepy, you know, mm -hmm. they might feel at night. I mean, they're dark, you know, down in there going in the day. And then this is another um, piece of the trail. And again, 
these woods, you know, going to look super creepy at night. Yeah. It's a nice trail. Though. Very nice. Yeah. Trail, like raised trail there. Mm-hmm. I love when they do that. Yeah, me too. And then uh, another picture, a little picnic table near the campsite, surrounded by fog. Just kind of shows how creepy this area can look in the uh-huh. right season. And then finally, just someone having fun showing how uh, really creepy the woods around this park can look at night. Ah. Yep. Yep. That would, yep. Uh, yeah. That little person in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. Someone standing out there. Ah. God. Woods at night. Always scary. Always. Instinctively. Yeah. And like, okay. Also, Bailey, who is going to walk the dog at night on a dark trail without a flashlight by she themselves? She did have a flashlight. She did? Yeah, she did. She she carried it with her. I didn't really mention it as the story went on, but she did have one with her. Oh, okay. So at least she like had that. She, she at least had that. But still. But even still, mm-hmm. it is so dangerous. Like if you're just going to go off on your own like that mm-hmm. to go the opposite direction of where someone would look for you. That's how people die. She got cocky. She'd been camping a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know how these things work. No big deal. Check me out. And people do do things like that all the time. You know, it's like, I guess, That's what, so human irritating. nature to do a lot of risky behavior. Like, I'm always surprised when uh, maybe like after a show at a club or something, I'm heading back to the hotel or, you know, I'm just out like in a car late at night mm-hmm. and I'll see uh, a person and then sometimes like a smaller person mm-hmm. just out for like a, a, a midnight or a 1 a.m. jog. Oh, that makes me so angry. Like, <laughs> what are you thinking? It's, especially in like an area where it's not really that well lit. And I was like, wow. And they got their headphones on. So I it's know. like you can't even hear if someone's uh, waiting for you. I mean, and I know most of the time, you, most of the time you are going to be fine. I know, but Statistically, what about- but you're also like, you've really increased the odds mm-hmm. that if- something's going to happen to you. There's always going to be that one person, that one time in that one place. Yeah. Ah, I know, it freaks yeah. me out. I was thinking about when we took Penny, before there was Ginger. Oh, I know what you're going to say. When we took Penny to Glacier and she Terrifying. saw a deer and just off she went. That freaked me out. I was so sad. Like I, know. Renfer, I was so worried. Uh, yeah, Penny just shot. We yeah, had her off leash. We thought she could handle it. Nope. Um, that was no, we, I wouldn't. I wouldn't let her off leash now. No, I wouldn't let her off leash now. We didn't realize truly how insane she was about deer. And uh, yeah, she was still. She was still kind of puppy-ish. Oh yeah, she was still little. I think she was less than one. Mm-hmm. And she shot off after that deer that ran down the trail. And she must have ran. Oh, my gosh. I was sprinting as hard as I could. And I, I knew, know. like, I was getting, like, a cramp. And I'm like, I can't keep running much longer. I was screaming, Penny! Penny! Finally, thank God, she stopped. Mm-hmm. And, I, and then just looked back like, hey, Dad. Hi. That was fun. That was fun. <laughs> I know. Oh, she's lucky she's so cute. <laughs> the kids and I were, like, panicking. Mm-hmm. Tears were starting to well in people's eyes. Oh, yeah. It was like, oh, Without my she was God, gone. baby. Then we knew that she would get eaten alive in the woods because mm-hmm. she's just a little thing. And then, and then we learned a lesson again with Ginger, a deer in the neighborhood. Remember, ran, Ginger ran down the street, ran around the corner. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. That was before we fenced the front yard. That's right. And that was when both of them lost their off-leash, off-leash privileges anywhere outside the yard forever. True. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They can't be, they can't be uh, uh, trusted. No, no, they cannot. Especially Ginger. Mm-hmm. Penny, Penny less. Ginger is... Mm-hmm. Uncontrollable True, in that she, way. She's a wild one when she sees other animals. I know. Even just like a little <laughs> squirrel, a bird, you'll be in the car. And, oh, yeah. She, like, goes, oh she, she starts to shake. Uh-huh. She gets so worked up. <laughs> she does have a good sniffer on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She If if you could get her to calm her sounds, she would be a great hunting dog. She would. Right. Currently, she'd be the worst hunting dog. She would ruin everything. She would be a great hunting dog for all the animals you're trying to hunt because she would give them so much notice to get out of the to get out of the area. Run for your lives. <laughs> she would even run with them, really. <laughs> she would be very helpful. Are you ready to move on? Yeah, that was a good story. I like that one. Okay, good. I uh, I like that one as well. And I, I I I probably shouldn't. I'm probably killing it oh, no. by hyping it up. I really like this next one. Okay. Uh, I'm curious if it's going to creep you out like it creeped me out. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What are the things that weigh you down on a day-to-day basis? What kind of stress are you holding on to? Do you spend much of your day going over things in your brain over and over until they are so distracting it affects your mental health? Well, don't worry. You're not alone. We all carry different stressors, some big, some small. When we keep things bottled up, the results can be negative. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest without fear or judgment. It's a place to work through what is heavy on your mind and heart so that you can feel lighter and happier. I'm always holding on to something. It's the way my anxious brain works. I'm continually worried that I've done something wrong, that I've hurt the feelings of someone I love, and that I have let someone down. I'm stressed that I'm not being a good enough mom or wife. I panic that our life will implode at any given moment and it'll all be my fault. Thankfully, I have an amazing therapist who helps me talk through each of these scenarios. After each and every appointment, I feel lighter, happier, and more capable of showing up as my most authentic self. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash scared to death today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash scared to death. Summer is just around the corner. Who's excited? I know I am. With the warmer, sunnier days calling your name, the last place you're going to want to be is in your kitchen, cooking and meal prepping. Make your life easier with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Factors Never Frozen, Always Fresh Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Think of all the extra time you will get outside in the summer sun when you aren't wasting hours in the kitchen. I think I speak for everyone when I say that the summer is the busiest time of the year. We are all trying to cram in as many things as possible, from concerts to vacations and everything in between. With Kyler home from college and Monroe on her break too, I want to spend as much time as possible with them. And while I truly love to cook, the summer is the one time of year that I'm the least interested in doing that for three meals a day. So I lean on Factor to help keep me healthy and in step with my diet. I'm obsessed with the honey yogurt pancakes for breakfast, the pork El Pastor for lunch, and the cilantro lime barramundi for dinner. So easy and saves me so much time. Head to factormeals.com slash scared to death 50 and use code scared to death 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code scared to death 50 at factormeals.com slash scared to death 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Who doesn't love a little special something? A gourmet cupcake from your favorite bakery or a lovely bottle of wine? Do you ever splurge on a massage or an expensive meal? If you treat yourself to the best of the best when it comes to the things you enjoy, why would you settle for less when it comes to your health? Your health should be a top priority. I mean, you have one body to get you through this entire life. Why not treat that body to the best? ZocDoc is the place you can find and book tens of thousands of top-tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. Don't settle for anything but the best because you deserve the best. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. I've been battling some insane heartburn lately. I tried all the -the over-the-counter things, cut out spicy food, alcohol, but I just can't seem to get any relief. After speaking with my family doctor, he suggested I see a gastroenterologist. Knowing I could find an amazing doctor within seconds on ZocDoc, I went to their website, entered my zip code and insurance information, and began to scroll the reviews of all the available doctors in my area that could help me find a solution to my problem. And I did it all in just a few clicks. So easy. Go to ZocDoc.com scared and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find a book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C doc.com slash scared zocdoc.com slash scared 
Before I take us to a terrifying church basement encounter, time for a quick in-between story sponsor break. Thanks for listening, creeps and peepers. Uh, Now time for some Nebraska horror. (gasps) Nebraska. No setup. We get right into it. Okay, go for it. Just dive right in, Dan. Time now for the tell. It's time now for the tale. There we go. Of Hell's Waiting. Before my dad's funeral reception, it had been years, around 20 actually, since I'd set foot in the non-denominational community church in the little central Nebraska town I'd grown up in. Almost nothing had changed. Same pew, same old paintings of Jesus with a lamb or with his apostles on the walls. Same pastor even, Pastor Evans. Less hair on his head. What hair he still had was a lot whiter than it once was, but same fiery look of the utmost conviction of righteousness in his eyes. I was jealous of that look as a kid, and I felt jealous now. I'd envied how nice it must be to have no doubts that what you believe was the truth and the only truth. Paul, good to see you, son, but hate the circumstances, he said, taking my hand in his firm, perfect grip before continuing. So sorry that your father was taken from us. God must have needed him sooner than we were ready to see him go, son. Thank you, Pastor Evans, I said with a voice that sounded calmer than what I felt. It still hadn't really hit me yet, the finality of it all. I still felt almost as if my dad's funeral was something my dad and I would joke around about later. He'd laugh that big laugh of his, nod his head when I asked, Remember that time you died and we all talked about your life? Before Pastor Evans could ask what church I was attending back in Chicago, and then I had to either lie and tell him or tell him that this was the last church I'd ever went to, my Aunt Tracy walked up and saved me with a question for Pastor Evans about how to use the projector to show some pictures from my dad's life. And giving me a great out, she asked me to head down to the basement, grab a 7-Up liter uh, bottle and a meat and cheese tray from the fridge and some orange juice and sherbet from the freezer so she could make that classic church punch. When she started to explain how to find the fridge and the freezer, I cut her off and told her I knew exactly where they were. If nothing on the main floor where the services were held had changed, I highly doubted the basement had gotten a remodel. After turning the corner behind the main door, descending down the second half of the staircase, I'd learned I was right. Flipping the old fluorescence on and heading past some long tables and folding chairs, the basement brought back some fond memories. That's where we had, and I imagine they still have, weekly youth group. Some of my friends and I, Sarah, Julie, Ryan, Eddie, and Melody, we'd meet down there almost every week with Mrs. Lancaster for two, maybe three years. And then she died, and Miss Williamson took over and, well, just wasn't the same with her. And we disbanded. Miss Williamson. Hadn't thought about her in over a decade. She was, as my dad would say, something else. A real battle axe. She died about a dozen years back in the basement, actually. When I heard that, I checked in with some old youth group buddies on Facebook, and no one had a nice word to say about her. Not even Melody. The sweet Christian girl who helped run a youth group of her own now. Melody could find the good in anyone. Except Miss Williamson. She was just mean. She turned our youth group around from discussions about God's love and forgiveness into nothing but damnation and hellfire. A lot of Satan talk, like a weird amount. And when she talked about how all the world's wicked sinners were going to burn in agony for all eternity, you always got the feeling that she counted you among their lot and that she was real excited for you to burn. The hint of a wicked smile always hanging around the corner of her mouth. There were some weird rumors about her death. The paper said nothing more than that she'd passed away at the age of 67. What we heard is that she hanged herself, that she was found clutching a crucifix upside down, holding it with a smile on her face. Probably just a crazy rumor, right? But oddly specific. I was standing in front of the basement fridge, lost in thought, thinking about Miss Williamson, hanging there from the ceiling, rope around her neck, 
digging into her skin, eyes bulging, body swaying back and forth over a tipped chair, clutching a cross upside down, with that sly, wicked smile of hers stretched out into a Cheshire grin. When out of the corner of my eyes, I saw the shadowy form of a woman zip down the hallway to my left. It was accompanied by the worst case of chills I've ever had. And even though the figure was moving fast, and had only seen it out of the corner of my eye, I knew immediately it was her, Miss Williamson. Someone that cruel just doesn't die and go away easily. I believed in ghosts for most of my life, but this was the first time I was convinced I'd actually seen one. I wanted to run out of that basement right then and there, but it wouldn't be fair to Dad. It wouldn't be fair to everyone else grieving him, to take him out of the spotlight with gossip about his son, a man in his 30s now, getting too spooked in the basement to be able to bring the punch and meat and cheese up. So I steadied myself and opened the fridge. And when I reached in to grab the meat and cheese, that damn shadow shot down the hall in the other direction. And this time I heard it say something in Mrs. Williamson's voice. He's waiting for you, Jason. He's already got your dad and soon you'll burn too. I wanted so badly to believe this was all in my imagination, but if it was all in my head, why was the basement getting so much colder now? Maybe because you're standing in front of an open fridge, you idiot, I told myself. I quickly grabbed everything out of there, set it on the counter, then turned around to open the freezer and had to stifle a scream. Just for a moment, I saw her standing there, not a shadow, Miss Williamson, plain as day, dressed like it was 20 years ago. The sly smile right there in her mouth, those dark, cold eyes of her. They said they were brown, but damn it, they didn't always look black. Those eyes staring into my soul, judging me, condemning me, and then, after less than a second, she was gone. I quickly grabbed what I needed out of the freezer, put most of it in an old grocery bag laying on the counter, carried that bag in one hand, tray of meat and cheese in the other, and started to walk back towards the stairs to the main level. And before I turned the corner to leave the kitchen, I stopped. I heard creaking. Creak, 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 creak. I knew exactly what was making that sound. I knew if I kept walking, I'd see Miss Williamson's body swinging back and forth, a rope around her neck. Upside down, crossed in her hand, smile on her face. I knew her eyes would open. She'd look right at me. She'd say something terrible, something I'd never be able to forget no matter how hard I tried. God damn it, I didn't want to give her that moment, but the alternative was to make a scene at my father's funeral. Fuck her, I thought. Fuck that nasty old bitch. On shaky legs, with all the courage I could muster, I marched forward out of the kitchen. I wish I could have just closed my eyes, but I didn't remember the layout that well. Knew if I tried walking blind, I'd end up tripping and spilling everything. I told myself not to look directly at her, but of course, that's exactly what I did. And sure as shit, there she was, hanging from the ceiling, swaying back and forth, holding that cross just like I'd heard, giant grin on her face, dark, hateful eyes staring right at me, and then her mouth moved as I heard her speak. I knew you'd burn. You were a kid, Jason. I know it now. Your dad is waiting for you. Hell waits, Jason! Fuck you, Mrs. Williamson. The only one in hell is you, you crazy bitch, I said as I kept walking. And then as I scurried the last 20 feet towards the exit of the stairs and led back to the chapel, I watched her face distort into something demonic. She laughed so loud I was sure everyone upstairs must hear it. You'll burn, Jason, just like your father. As I shot out the door, I waited for her icy dead hand to grab my back, grab my neck, pull me back in. Thank God it didn't happen. What did happen was I almost ran over Pastor Evans. I slammed right into him on the landing between the chapel and the basement, and she looked, and he looked as shook up as I was. Sorry, Pastor, I said as I hit him. He grabbed my arms to steady me and kept me from dropping anything. He asked, are you okay? And in that moment, I, in that moment, I knew that he knew. When I told him I was fine, he said, she can't hurt you, Jason. I'm sorry I haven't been able to get her out, but she can't hurt you. His words scared me almost as bad as everything I'd just seen. He just confirmed all of it. Thank God the rest of my dad's reception went off just fine, I think. Honestly, I can't remember a whole lot of it. It was hard to stop thinking about the basement about Pastor Evans knowing about her. 
After the reception was over, I made sure I wasn't alone when I walked out of the front of that building. I didn't want to give her the chance to have one last moment with me. I'll never walk back in. I don't think. Not unless my family holds another funeral service there. And if they do, Aunt Tracy can go to the basement and get her own goddamn snacks. (laughs) Somehow I feel like that was a little add-on at the end. You were like, this would be pretty funny. (laughs) Maybe. 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 Maybe Aunt Tracy. That's Mm -hmm. fucking scary. Yeah, Yeah, that one, uh, when I was working on it, gave me the chills uh, more than most stories. Just the visual bothered me. Well, what I don't like is that a, even a priest couldn't get it out because that's one of the things like, oh, pastor, yeah, mm-hmm. well, he's still a priest. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the religious head of the church. Yeah. It's like, if they can't get her out, who can get her out? Because we always say like, oh, well, like get a priest, get someone to come over and bless your house. Like, that's scary. Mm-hmm. A very religious place mm-hmm. with a very religious person and they still can't get rid of her. Yeah. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. So they might be stuck with her. Yeek. Indefinitely. Scary stories. Yeah. Wow. There was no uh, pictures associated with this story. Just an anonymous post. And you didn't find any like weird things that you feel like you need to show me? I did. I figured. I did. I found, I, I, I tried just finding pictures of like haunted churches and I came across, I mean, we'll probably end up telling the story set in this place. What in the hell is going <laughs> on in here? This is uh, a supposedly haunted church in the Czech Republic. In 2012, art student Jakub Hadrava used St. George's Church in the village of Lukova for his senior art thesis. He filled the Catholic Church's pews with ghostly figures made from plaster casts of live models draped in white cloth. Oh. And, that, and then, and then the uh, no longer used church became a tourist attraction. This church fell into disrepair after World War II, then was closed down decades later when pieces of the ceiling fell on some people attending a funeral there. Ugh. So that felt fitting, considering what the story was that we were, I was telling. Yeah. And then this, uh, so this next picture, uh, creepiest church basement pick I could find. Uh, this is called the Bone House. It's an ossuary, uh, a depository for the bones of the dead under St. Michael's Church in Vienna, Austria. That's all skulls on top I there. I was just going to ask if and those are real skulls and real. real bones. Yep, and then real bones underneath. Fun. Uh, that church dates back to the 13th century. My God, I don't even think I could go in there. Oh, and then upstairs yeah. uh, in the same church on the, in, the ch- in the chapel, here's a, a picture of one of the mummified corpses. And this is uh, what? inside the altar, like built into the back of the altar. There's like glass cases with actual skeletons of uh, people who attended this church m- hundreds of years ago. There are supposedly hundreds of mummified corpses all around and beneath that church. But why? I don't know how it started. But and, it's, uh, and, and actually, uh, random, I guess this church, there was uh, a scene in uh, Fiddler on the Roof where there was a marriage scene and they shot it in that church. And I guess there's a quick glimpse. Most people didn't notice where if you like were to freeze it and look in, you can see like, oh God, there's skeletons in the back of that altar. But yeah, uh. it's weird, right? And they still hold mass there? Yeah, that one's an active church. No mm-hmm. way. Yep, with all, just a shit ton of skeletons. I mean, I don't go to church, but I would definitely <laughs> not go to that church. Holy yeah, yeah, shit. Well, just why? And are they still mummifying people today? Um, I, I don't know enough about it. I'd have to do more research. Oh, boy. Well, I bet I just there's... mostly like the pictures and then got a little, few details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure that church is super haunted. <laughs> Probably. Oh, my God. Yeah. So many, so many stelicans. 
So, so many Stelican bones. Oh, Momoa Stelican bones. How did that little song go? <laughs> I don't want no skeleton bones. Skeleton uh, it was just so bones. fun when she would sing it. Oh, when, it was yeah, so cute. For, for years, our two favorite words for uh, Monroe to say were Vietnamese, because she would like to go to, uh, she liked pho. And she would say Vietnamese. Is Vietnamese. I, and want, I want some Vietnamese soup. I want soup. some Vietnamese. And, uh, so and skeletons were Stelicans. Stelicans. Mm-hmm. I hope there's no Stelicans at that Vietnamese place. <laughs> it was the cutest. <laughs> and Yambi. She, yombies. yombies. Yeah, and zombies were Yambis. Yambis. Yep, one of my favorite memories of her when uh, she was younger, playing, uh, I forgot about this game actually. Uh, Minecraft? Plants versus Zombies. Oh, I thought she was playing Minecraft. Um, She might have been, but I, I'm pretty, no, actually no. It was, it, no, it wasn't. It was Plants, yeah, we played Minecraft from that time, but it was Plants versus Zombies. And uh, and she just you know tapping the screen to like fire the little whatever weapon she had at the zombie die zombie die die zombie die. Well, the context of it was the best. Oh, and she was uh, she was in the bathroom naked because she had just finished peeing. Yeah, she why she was peeing naked, no one will ever know. But you just like you just hear her in the bathroom die zombie die, mm-hmm. and I don't, we were yeah, and yeah. just the way the layout was like I'm like what are you doing? And I came around the corner and she's just there naked yeah. standing up above the toilet die zombie die die zombie die. <laughs> She's great. a funny kid. Mm-hmm, true. Oh, momo-liciousness. Now she's like, oh, 14-year-old, just dyed her hair blue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Little teenager mm-hmm. with her little Snapchat filter. Like, oh, she's into Snapchat. My oh, God. my God. Was not my idea to let her have it. <laughs> I did not advocate for that. We, we do control uh, who she gets to be friends with on there for now. So she's not just totally Roman. No, and she's, I mean, I know every parent says this about their kids yeah. or whatever, but she, like, I think we've done a good job of scaring her into, like, uh-uh, 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 mm-hmm. don't yeah. talk to strangers. Yeah. Yeah. We hope. I mean, well, she can't get anywhere on her own. Monroe's not, like, a kid uh, that will go anywhere on her own in the sense that, like, she's not sneaking out. True, so knock on wood. She can't she, drive yet. She, she stays that way, yeah. Well, probably not. But probably not. She's going to be like her dad. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. She's gonna be the troubled one. Oh, great! Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, teenagers. Drew. Oh, such assholes. <laughs> if you're listening and you're a teenager, go find your parents and tell them how much you love them mm-hmm. and appreciate them. Tell them they're awesome. Give them a hug. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell them that you're sorry for being such a dick. Mm-hmm. And uh, I assure you that will go a very long way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell them that you don't, in fact, hate them, mm-hmm. despite popular belief in your household. And maybe throw in, you know what? Maybe I don't know everything. Oh, my God. And yeah. how about, like, I do respect your opinions. Maybe, you have lived a lot more life than I have. Maybe I don't have all of life figured out at the age of 14 or and, 15. Oh, my gosh. And also, mm-hmm. like, capitalism's not so bad. <laughs> that's a weirdly specific, but yes. Well, that's specific <laughs> to our household. <laughs> my God. Oh, these kids. They'll be the death of us yet. That'll be the real scary story. Oh, man. When we die and we haunt our teenagers. Okay. That would be fun. <laughs> that would be great. Do you have a squishy-wishy? I do. I have uh, the or, the OG uh, version of Layla right here. OG Layla. Remember mm-hmm. that one time we were doing a show and you ripped ha- Layla's head off and you threw it at oh, me? Oh, yeah. That was fun. What episode was that? I don't even remember. That was remember. a while back. I don't know. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was fun. Everybody else did. It was probably pretty funny to watch. <laughs> All right. Well, you ready to dive into uh, a, a haunted kid story? I am. A, a little attachment for this kiddo? Scare me. I mean, I hope so. Also, I mean, just think about like... What would you do if, okay, Kyler's a great example, because he doesn't believe. True, hardcore skeptic. Hardcore skeptic, atheist. Yes. Like, wow. Mm -hmm. Kind of impressive at such a young age. 
uh, a little bit sad that mm-hmm. at such a young age, he already doesn't believe in anything outside of what he can see and touch. True. He's the one I hope has an intense experience. That would that'd be great yes. for him. Yes. Yeah, he could use it. Could. He could use to... S- soften him up a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. But what if you could see something attached to him? Or, or what if you were like suspicious that something was attached to him? How much time would you want to spend with him then? I don't know. It would explain a lot. <laughs> I, don't, I was actually thinking when we started this episode, <laughs> I was like, I should probably sage his room. I should probably smoke cleanse his room. Hide some crystals in there. I'm going to go to the crystal yeah. shop today and find out like, which of these crystals are good for asshole teenagers? <laughs> And then see, and yeah. then like hide them everywhere. He'll okay. never know. He doesn't clean his room. So he true, won't find them. True. Fair. Right? Right. This is a good plan. <laughs> okay. Well, let's, uh, let's see what's going on over here. Hey, Dan and Lindsay, I found the show a few months ago and have been binging ever since. Now let's get to my story. I love it. Just get right in. Mm-hmm. When I was about four years old, my parents bought some property in the middle of nowhere, Missouri, on a one-lane gravel road on what was once the Trail of Tears. While building the house and throughout my whole childhood, we experienced little things. Mostly stuff not being where you thought you left it, for us to find it in that exact place uh, we left it after we stopped looking for it. And then we had one of those big ass sound systems from the 80s that would ra- <laughs> <laughs> that would randomly turn on full blast even when unplugged. Random noises that didn't make sense could be heard and pets barking at nothing. Just lots of little weird happenings. Eventually, we started saying that it was, oh, it's just the natives playing tricks on us again and would continue on with our day. Not long after my husband and I got married and bought our house, our oldest was born. We noticed he would focus on the corners of a room or stare over our shoulders when we were holding him. It was a little unnerving since some other strange things started happening at our house almost immediately after bringing him home from the hospital. Again, nothing crazy or super scary, just an odd feeling every now and then or a strange noise or the broken dryer door opening all on its own. Once he could talk, we finally found out that my deceased grandparents were his, quote, friends and that he talked to them all the time. We found this out based on a picture of them and our son's description of his friends. Said grandparents had passed away when I was about four years old in their old house that was about a mile west of our home, and they were buried about a thousand feet east of our house. We figured it was a phase, and if we didn't acknowledge it, he would eventually grow out of it. It's also kind of comforting to think that my grandparents would be around looking after me and my kids all these years later. He did eventually stop seeing and talking to them, so we figured his connection with the paranormal was over. But boy, were we wrong. About five years ago, there was a fatal car accident just down the road from my parents' house. The kids loved spending time at the farm, and thankfully my parents loved having them there. This particular afternoon, my parents decided to take my sister and all the kids out to dinner to give me some peace and quiet so that I could take a test. I was a full-time mom, full-time college student with a full-time job. Right? (laughs) I know. (laughs) Right about dark, I got a call from my sister that they were stuck at the end of the road because of a car accident. She had called the cops and was waiting for them, but she didn't see anyone in the car, and so she had thought they had fled the scene. I was a corrections officer at the time and trained in first aid, so I figured I should drive down and see what was going on and if anyone needed help. When I got to the car, I realized it was really, really bad. I sent my sister and the kids to the house because they didn't need to see any more than they already had. After the police arrived and everything was under control, they released me. I went to get my kids and take them home. No one there had heard the outcome of the accident yet, though my sister had assumed the worst. She had told the younger kids that the driver was hurt but was going to be okay, 
to which my four-year-old objected, screaming that the girl had died. I got to the house and I was bleeding from the cuts I received trying to get into the car. I made a beeline straight to the bathroom to clean up before my kids could see me, but unfortunately, my oldest had other plans. That little shit, <laughs> that little shit camped out in a chair facing the door waiting for me. He bombarded me as soon as I walked in. He came running, screaming that the man had killed her and taken her away. Very confused, I asked him what he had seen. He told me that the man with the black and red face walked into the Ugh. road and caused the girl to wreck, and then he took her out of the car and they disappeared into the woods. Yee. We'll never know for sure what happened, but the police said it seemed like the driver had swerved either because she forgot about the curve of the bridge or because something had been in the road. Over the next few weeks, my family did some research after my son wouldn't stop talking about it. They found a picture of a man that matched my son's description of the man from the accident. The picture was of a Cherokee shaman. Ever since, we've all noticed shadows that don't belong or extra movement just inside the tree line in our headlights. I made the mistake of using the big LED light bar on the top of our Jeep to watch the snow one night, and I'll never forget the shadows moving through the treetops. I now refuse to look at the trees unless it's bright and sunny. The woods I grew up loving and playing in now feel dark. I practically run to the safety of my truck feeling like something is chasing me if I'm out there once the sun goes down. I hoped I would be able to say that my son hasn't experienced anything since the accident, but he just told me a few days ago about my voice that's not my voice. He hears me talking to him every day, even when I'm not there. He's been told not to listen to it and to never <sighs> respond. I guess he heard it at my parents when I was at work one day. My dad, who's a preacher, told him the easiest thing for a nine-year-old to understand— Bubba, that's not your mom. All I can tell you is that it's some kind of devil, and it's best for you not to answer. Oh, my God. Rachel. Yikes, Rachel. I know. So that girl did die in the car wreck. Oh, right? yeah. Like in real, like real life. There was a real-life car accident yeah. with a real-life death. And but I don't know if her... <sighs> but Rachel doesn't clarify... Right, if the kid was with, with her... Uh, oh, go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is, what to me, what I'm left wondering is, was there a body for them to recover from the accident, or was there nobody at the scene of the crime? Mm. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking must have been, yeah. I'm thinking that the boy, her son, saw like the spirit of the yeah, girl yeah, yeah. getting taken out into the woods. But I mean, I don't know. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, it must have been that. But that, but what a crazy thing to think about. Like this, uh, you know. I mean, essentially, that story is about a spirit murdering somebody, like, right? Causing causing, causing the accident, and then and then what? Dragging their spirit away for what? Like that's just that's not a, for torture? Not a fucking I don't know. horror movie. And, yep. then, and then adding a doppelganger uh, to the mix, as far as like the replicated voice. I know. You know, I, know. I mean. That is that was a really creepy story. I know. I'm worried about this kid just in general, as I'm sure she is, because, you know, from the moment that she brought him home from the hospital, he was seeing his grandparents. Like, he clearly, I mean, I, not clearly. My opinion is such sure. that he was born with a propensity to the other side. And, and like, suppose there's the possibility, as we say, and so many people say, yeah. well, kids are more susceptible. They're more open, right? But you, they kind of grow out of it in time and yada, 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 yada. But it doesn't feel like he's growing out of it. That's like that sixth sense kind of thing. Oh, like yeah. the, I see dead people get like, what, Haley Joel Osmond? Joel Osmond? Is it Osmond? I thought it was Osmond. 
I think it's Osmit. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's been so long since I thought about him. HJO got it. <laughs> but just uh, what a burden, what a curse. If Ugh. that was your life, if you actually could see spirits around and oh like it God. wasn't mental illness, it was just you could see past some veil into some other dimension superimposed on top of this one or but something. If, if you have parents that don't possibly believe in that, then they do think that you're mentally ill. Well, yeah. And I then mean, you're really fucked. Oh, man. Because you're probably going to get locked away. Or at least heavily, heavily, heavily medicated. medicated, yeah. Um, and not the good stuff. <laughs> uh, also, early on, it just cracked me up, just that mention of, uh, just I hadn't thought about them in a while, but like giant 80 sound systems. It's <laughs> yep. such a funny thing that like is just not around. And, I, and we never had like a nice one. We never had some crazy nice system. You, I, I know your you. dad. Your I'll, dad I'll is tell you. Good. I'll tell you. It's but, a cute story. But we had, I mean, I just remember, you know, like friends' houses, whatever, giant speakers. And you'd have oh, this, yeah. And you'd have this giant receiver they would only do play like FM AM radio with a huge dial and then like the bar that went like a, a long ways down the uh -huh. receiver and then maybe a like cassette deck. And, oh, and, and I just can all one this, up this. And all the wires. Uh -huh. But but now we have like these fancy speaker systems, like a little tiny five inch ceiling speaker. I know like a Sonos. Like a Sonos and then like a little subwoofer that's all discreet. Mm -hmm. That combo will sound better than some insane tower speakers where they're literally four feet tall. <laughs> They take over. They're the biggest thing in the living room. There's a set of them. I know. Uh, it's, it's just so funny to think back. And then like the big uh, speaker screens and have like the huge series of round speakers piled up, you know, uh -huh. bigger one towards the bottom, go up towards the tweeters on the top. I can just picture like the whole thing. Tweeters. Uh-huh. And they had, and they always had like the fake wood yes. box. Like grain laminate. overlay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> or inlay. Yeah. My, looking back on it, I'm like, oh man, my, my, my dad must have like or or my mom somebody must have gotten a christmas bonus or something because i distinctly remember one christmas going to jc penny's yeah which is where you went for everything right jc penny was, was a shit for oh, a long man. time oh yeah it's where i got my starter coat i mean oh yeah yeah absolutely uh, -huh. uh and i remember the electronics department was in the basement <laughs> i just love an era where J.C. Penney's had an electronics department. Oh, it was so great. I loved going there with my dad to just oh, check man. stuff out. Because not only did it was at the electronics department. Did the clerk have a flock of seagulls kind of fucking haircut? No. Okay. They also had a candy counter down there. Like a legit oh. old school, like, you know, sweet little woman that's like in the middle. And like she the counter that goes all around with all the glass. And my dad loves um, sour cherry. They're like little like candy balls. Mm -hmm. And sometimes oh, you my can. God. Find them in like a rainbow. Yeah. But cherry. He only liked the cherry ones. I so, love that lady working that counter. I love her like, you know, putting on her little blouse. Yes. And she gets in her car and she's like, I'm off to the candy counter, JCPenney, mm -hmm. you know, where she's working for years. Yep. Mm -hmm. So we're in the basement of JCPenney's. My dad goes to the counter. He gets his bag of cherry sour balls. Great. We walk around JCPenney's just snacking on him and he hones in on this Bose sound system. And it's like, well, this is happening. And, and also like, don't tell your you know, like right. it was kind of funny. And my dad still loves a secret. No one loves a secret more than Papa said. Yeah. Sweet Lord. Uh -huh. And this thing, I will, it was, you talk about like a massive monstrosity. Yeah. Speakers as tall as I was. So I'm like you said, like four feet tall. Yeah. And so the, the center thing was like, you know, in the middle of our living room yep, you against a wall. You have a massive stack of things. Yes, yes. So, well, this thing, oh, it was very Amp fancy. Amp receiver, yeah. It was so fancy. It had touch glass. 
to oh, so you what? and then oh, the, oh. the door opened mm-hmm. and then you had it would be glass but there would be a little magnet part yes, at the top yep i can picture this system exactly and yeah. then you opened it and the top was like you said like all the dials mm-hmm. all the things then then and then there was a shelf it was all shelved out futuristic then, 80s tech oh yeah and then it had like this thing that thing well this had a double tape deck and oh yeah hold your breath a five disc rotating CD player. So you would push the button and oh. this tray would come out and you could put in five different CDs and then gently tap. So it. we've moved into early nineties here. Oh. This is like ninety one, well, ninety two. Three buddy, of course. Yeah, okay. Okay. I'm so this much is younger than this you. is nineties tech. But but still eighties vibes. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, we're I just mean, barely into the nineties now. Oh yeah. And so now you've got five CDs. Oh, there, I remember those trays. And you could close it and then mm-hmm. you could hit the you could hit the random button and mm-hmm. it would pay play a random track off of a random CD in there. Like sometimes you'd get two Michael Jacksons in a row. Sometimes mm. you'd get one Michael Jackson followed by one Gloria Stefan. Yep, disc then one, one Phil button Collins. for each disc. Oh man. Disc one, disc two, yep, mm-hmm. all the way to five. And, mm-hmm. and whenever my parents were not in the house. We were told not to fucking touch it. And I what bet. did my brother and I do? We oh. cranked the shit out Just of that. jam on that. Oh, yeah. And then we would... My, <laughs> this is, we have gone way off topic. Yeah. My brother and I would put on the tunes. We were supposed to be cleaning the house. I'm mm-hmm. certain of it. And instead, we were recreating WWE wrestling scenes oh. where he was the Undertaker. Nice. And I was probably like Brett the Hitman Hart. And we would just like wrestle with the music. I feel like, like I feel like Brett the Hitman Hart went down a lot in that situation. I feel like the Undertaker, yeah, exactly. the, the Undertaker dominated. Always, oh, yeah. always fun for the older breast, uh, older brother, younger sister wrestling match for the older brother. Yeah, he destroyed me. Oh uh, yeah, time after time after time, mm-hmm. just d- dropping DDTs and fucking body slams. Oh yeah. man, my cousins would babysit, and we would also have wrestling matches, and they thought that I cried too much, <laughs> which uh-huh. I'm sure feels and, accurate. And they would lock you in the closet. They would lock me in the closet, I'll and they would teach wrestle. You. Yep, they wouldn't let me out. So I wish I could do that to you today. Like if you were at it, if you were just a little too sassy. Excuse you. You get too sassy, you get locked in the closet until you fucking calm down. Okay. Nowadays, people have CPS on speed dial. Huh? I would call and say, my dad locked me up. And then they would come over and they'd be like, huh? you guys seem awfully close in age. And I would tell some really unfortunate stories about you. That was a weird way to take that. No, it wasn't. <laughs> okay. Well. Can we focus on your last story? That was fun. Yeah, that, that was, was a fun, fun ride into nostalgia. Oh, that was great. Sorry. We normally save that for the, the bonus episodes, mm-hmm. but that was... So vivid in my brain. That was that was fun for us, if not if nothing else. Yeah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'll put like a little warning in the episode description. Like, if you don't like to talk about your childhood in the late eighties and early nineties, skip these 90s, minutes. Skip minute this to this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right. Well, are you ready for one more? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. So this story. Okay. Uh, this was the one that I was telling you. The email was like, you know, ha- the, oh, a crazy subject. Title. Haunted toddler feet in basement or something. I was mm-hmm. like, excuse me. So I'm really, really into this. Oh, and I love this intro. Dear Mr. and Mrs. Don't Be a Darren. <laughs> nice. That's, that's a good one. I know. I gotta find more. Darren stories are hard to find. I keep wanting, but I can't, I know, I can't, but you force, can't force it. it. No, no, because then <sighs> it's, it's not authentic and nobody wants that. Yeah. Okay. My name is Jordo, and I recently found your show after running out of Ghost in the Burbs episodes to listen oh, to. Nice. Yeah, Liz Sauer does a great job. She's got a couple books out too, if you guys wanna check out Aww, that cool. podcast. I tried many horror podcasts. But there was too much boring chatter. (laughs) And morning radio talk antics for my taste. So I was thrilled (laughs) to find Scared to Death. I love that you guys set an atmosphere and then jump right into the spook. All right. Well, sorry about that, Jordo. (laughs) This was an exception. (laughs) Growing up neurodivergent, I took things very literally and my thought process were completely based in logic and fact. 
I was more tightly wound than Spock, and un- and anything unnatural or supernatural was illogical and laughable to me. That is, until my junior year of college, when I was haunted myself and could not logic away the events that happened. This is what I hope happens to our son. I, I was just thinking about it. I, I know. Just, I'm I like, was, it's like he wrote this email. Like, are you Kyler? Okay. Maybe. Thank God he doesn't listen to this show. I was a mechanical engineering tech major in my third year at a prestigious technical institute in Western New York. I had agreed to move in with my ex-boyfriend who needed another person to help share the cost of the lease on a townhouse rental. We were still having the occasional midnight fling and moving in with him probably wasn't the smartest decision, but as it would turn out, our little affair would not be the reason I regretted moving in. Overall, there wasn't much drama between us or among the other two housemates. Mostly, we were all just big nerds who kept to ourselves and didn't party. There was little drama between my ex and I. Excuse me. I thought I was going to sneeze. There was little drama between my ex and I, sneaking in hookups so the roommates wouldn't know. He was still closeted to most of his friends and didn't want them to suspect anything. And I was attached to him as he was my first love. There wasn't enough emotional strife between us to cause the amount of discomfort I started to feel in the house, though. I had taken the basement room, which was the most spacious and much colder, which I actually liked because I'm a giant polar bear of a man. (laughs) To be very clear, I do not scare easily at all. But soon after moving in, I started to become increasingly terrified being in my room for no reason. It started with just feeling paranoid whenever I was in my room at night. I would be playing video games and, and would feel like someone was watching me or I'd hear someone moving behind me. I left my door open for the most part because my roommates had to pass through my room to get to the laundry, so it wasn't unusual for them to come into my room. More frequently, though, I would get this feeling that there would be no one, sorry, more frequently I would get this feeling and there would be no one there. Often, it would sound like someone was doing something behind me, making noise of sorts, but as soon as I turned around and turned the volume down on my games, it would be silent again. As soon as I'd go back to my games or music, I'd start hearing this rustling sound again. I chalked it up to sound carrying through the house, but that was when the dream started. I would have the same reoccurring dream over and over, always just before I'd wake up randomly in the middle of the night. In the dream, I would be laying on the ground outside on a very rainy night. I'd start to prop myself up to stand in front of of a would-be three- or four-year-old boy standing a few feet away from me in the rain. He was always in a yellow raincoat with a maniacal grin on his face, pointing at me. Uh. His face and extremities were tinged blue and his lips were purple. It looked like he had suffocated or drowned. But in the dream, I had an absolute knowledge that this was not at all a boy. This was an evil incarnation inhabiting an innocent form. I would start, it would start laughing a creepy little child's laugh and then I would wake up. I'm used to nightmares and actually... I quite enjoy them because I enjoy horror games like The Silent Hill, but these dreams freaked me out because when I woke up, I could still hear the laughter. Normally, when I wake up from a nightmare, I can just shake it off and go back to sleep, actually hoping to continue the dream for the thrill of it. I was absolutely (laughs) horrified to still hear the laughing for a few seconds upon waking up, and it only got worse as time went on. I tried to convince myself it was a bit of a sleep paralysis issue, or maybe I was still dreaming a little bit as I woke up, or maybe it was a carbon monoxide issue. I went as far as installing carbon monoxide detectors in my room just in case, but nothing I could think of could explain the progression of the following events. The longer I had this repeated dream, the more happened after I woke from the dream. 
Soon, I heard the footsteps of children racing around my room. Not just an occasional soft step, but clearly pronounced little pitter-patters racing around my bed and throughout the room. Stranger still was that I was occasionally hearing the faint sounds of rain in my room or trickling water, even when the weather outside was completely clear. These sounds became more and more pronounced and lasted longer and longer upon my waking. It got to the point where I could not get back to sleep because the sounds were keeping me awake. I still refused to believe it was anything paranormal, convinced that I was either crazy or there was some logical explanation I hadn't come up with yet. Soon, however, one night would change my views on the paranormal forever. I decided to have some friends over one night because I had the house to myself. We watched the movies, hung out, and chatted and acted like idiots together, laughing a lot. It was a much-needed, happy evening, and by the end of it, my friends were too tired to go back home, and so we decided to have a big sleepover. Sleeping bags and blankets were set up in my room, and we all went to bed. A few hours later, I suddenly snapped awake, only to find everyone else was also suddenly startled awake. They all looked scared, and one of my friends turned to me and said, Do you hear that? The footsteps and the laughter? Coming out of my sleep stupor, I heard a faint laughter, which tapered off quickly. But the little running footsteps of children's sneakers on the carpet was loud and unmistakable. There were four of us there, and all of us heard it. I had not told a single one of them about what I was experiencing in the house, so I was shocked, to say the least, that they were also hearing this. After explaining what had been happening to my friends, we decided to go spend the rest of the night in their apartment. And for a while after that, I spent most of my free time at their apartment, frequently crashing on their couch or floor. They were understanding at first because of how creepy the experience was for all of us, but I soon overstayed my welcome, and they told me I couldn't be there all of the time. When I returned to my house, things only got worse. I continuously dreamt of the blue-skinned demon boy and would be startled awake by the sound of laughter and the louder and louder footsteps around my bed. Now, when I first woke up, I could also see flashes of him standing in the corners of my room. The dripping, leaking water sounds were constant, and my room felt completely oppressive and unwelcoming, no matter the time of day. I became so paranoid and scared that I salted around my bed and placed a cross under it just for protection. The last straw was when I woke up one night from the same dream and there was a black void over my face. It was a formless, blackest of black void hovering over me. There was an incredibly strong pressure on my chest and I was suffocating. I finally worked up the energy to start to push myself out of bed and the void darted off looking like a black cape blowing in the wind. I was completely out of breath and felt lightheaded and the room was more alive than ever with all of its noises. I don't remember how I spent the rest of that night, but I do know that I didn't go back to bed and I left the house early for campus to get away. I spent the last one to two months of that year crashing on the couch at my fraternity's house. My best friend at the time was one of my fraternity brothers, so we basically hung out 24-7 for the remainder of that year. He was really interested in the paranormal and, uh, and was understanding of me crashing on the couch at the house. And while I was having a personal identity crisis, I was now forced to believe something highly illogical. He at least made a safe space for me to share my experience and feel a little less crazy. I'm not sure what that entity was, but I don't think I want to know. And I hope I never encounter it again. I do have a much more open view of what existence and reality is these days. And as you say, only one of these stories has to be true. Unfortunately for me, I had to experience the true story for myself. Keep it scary, Jordo. Jordo. 
That was a great story. It's a great story, right? Mm-hmm. Good and creepy. And I, and I liked that it. it went from like, you know, in the beginning there was moments where, and I'm sure Jordo just being like such a skeptic, especially when he was younger, yeah. would, would agree with this where it's like, okay, maybe that was just a dream. Like, you know, like, oh, okay, I'm hearing things after I wake. There is like your brain can take a second to kind of like shift from like that one state of consciousness or Absolutely. You know, to another and, and things that's been documented. Like, the, the, like yeah. you know, dream kind of moments can kind of like linger on. Maybe that's the shadow you saw. I know. Out of the corner of my eye, it looked like the whole screen just went black. I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> um, and, then, and then that real turning point in that story for me was when he was with, there was four of them with three other people. Uh-huh. And they all heard the pitter patter of the little blue <laughs> demon boy, as he called him, like, you know, together. Yeah. And, and that he hadn't been talking about this thing to them before. Mm-hmm. So, like, that would be such a crazy shift of maybe being able to hold on to, like, is this just nightmares and I'm freaking right. myself out? And I'm like, no, okay, now other people are hearing it too. And then I thought that was an interesting transition too, where this uh, Spock like, uh, you know, skeptic yeah. went to then putting a cross and uh, under his bed and salting, like I know. just covering like, all these bases. So he was freaked out. He was freaked out. I loved that that detail of the story too. Uh-huh. I thought it was really great that Jordo included that because it's like, yeah, to because uh, again, like you, I was thinking about Kyler the whole time where I'm like, mm-hmm. if all of a sudden Kyler was like, Lindsay, I've put a cross under my bed, <laughs> I would be scared. Yeah, me too. I would uh, know of that all the people in the house. Yep. Yep. And of like of all the people in oh my, my life, true, true, because he's the most diehard. Thinks all this stuff. Oh, I yeah. mean, he will die on that hill. Yes, yes. He he's. I mean, yeah. He is. He's not a. He's not a creep or a peeper. No. He, he's just like. Well, what are you guys doing over there? Like we were talking about at at our dinner table, everything yeah. is on the table: sex, yeah. drugs, and rock and roll. And we were talking about psychedelics and like different drugs and how they're using it for PTSD and like just talking about it in yeah, a, a expanding sense. consciousness and, and he, spirituality. He just shut it down. He's like. I don't need any of that because there's nothing beyond this. Like, why would I want to like pretend to explore something that doesn't even exist? Right. And I was like, Oh, so you're dismissive, not, yeah. So you're not very deep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, Oh, like that's crazy to me. I've never met anyone in yeah. my life who doesn't at least want to dig into their subconscious. This this uh, this story gives me hope, though. You I know, know. It's like I and, know. And you know, like I mean, I mean, I was definitely of one persuasion when I was a teen. I mean, in some ways, you know, like I was such a dick. I mean, I was, I was such, for me, it was like an anarchist. Well, your grandma didn't think you were a dick. I just talked to her yesterday. Well, I hit it. I hit it pretty well. I, you know, I was sweet with the family. I just, I, I had a side of me uh-huh. that wanted to burn it all down and sometimes oh, would, I wish, would burn things down. I wish that there was like a sweet to family side. I could handle that. <laughs> <laughs> I could handle like being just like an asshole in the world. Oh, man. I know. Well, we love him. <laughs> we do. <laughs> But yeah, but like, but seriously though, like back to the story, yeah. I mean, of all the people in my life, mm-hmm. he would be the person that if he told me, if all of a sudden he was like crystals, salt, what, like oh, any yeah. of that, I would be like, We'd oh all be nervous. boy. And also I would have to go save him because like the mom in me is like, I'll be right there, buddy. I'll mm-hmm. be on the next mm-hmm. flight to wherever you are. Yeah. And I'll bring all of my stuff. <laughs> Party would be so happy. I, I can help you. I know. I got the tools. He'd probably be like, I got it. Don't worry. I can do it myself. <laughs> I'm like, no, let me come with my box. <laughs> <laughs> oh, moms. Oh, man. Oh, we're always overbearing to some mm-hmm. degree. Okay. Well, do you want to go first with yeah. your I got Annabelle's? Them all, I got them all queued up. All right. Go for it. I would like to thank the following uh, Annabelle's for, you know, helping us with our, you know, charitable contributions and for supporting the show and enjoying the bonus content. Uh, Caitlin Williams, Schuler Hall Gilmore. That's C- a great name. Yeah. Schuler Hall Gilmore. Yeah. Uh, Ciara Hallbrook, Hoje Montez. Uh, Jacqueline Dionda, Lloyd Benson, Michelle Miller, <laughs> Sprinkles, <laughs> Sarah uh, Sassy Walrus. Oh, nice. Uh, Danielle Med- uh, 
Madej, Madej, uh, Heather Johnson, Heather Barclay, Jelly Hernul, Clancy Glover, Day Humphreys, Connor Sop, Jordan Chilson, Caroline, Drew Patterson, Laura Yanovsky, Marcel Manuel, Stephanie Skelton. Oh, makes you think of Stelikins again. Uh, Abby, Jamie Elizabeth White, Amanda Lidster, and Bethany Birdsall. Okay. I would like to thank the following Annabelles for their continued support. Adam R. Rogers, Antonio Acosta, Laura, uh, Laura G., Colin Ewing, Aaron Cox, Daria Underwood, Christian McConey, Chris Green, Casey Tag, Briseida Salius, Salis, Alyssa Chavez, Ashlyn Schlicht, Angie Robinson, Asmodeus, Will Amorello, Whitney Laird, Lauren Owens, Jared Agnew, Marianne Zeladon, Daniel S. Sleff, Serapim Kinder, or is that, no, I think that's Seraphim, P-H? Mm. Ser- yeah, probably. Seraphim, yeah. Mm-hmm. Seraphim Kinder, Anthony Neal, Nikki Nice, Michelle Harriman, and Jackie McGill. Nice. Well, those were, they were there were some tough ones this week. I was Nikki like, Nice. I know. Well, here's the thing about Nikki Nice. Porn star. Rude. Oh, sorry. <sighs> Nikki Nice. Anyways. Okay. I'm, I know in my head it's Nikki Nice because I'm picturing it on the um, the CSV file, but I wrote down Kiki Nice. Kiki I'm Nice. Like, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's Nikki Nice. So, <laughs> Kiki Nikki, I got Ki- you. Kiki Nice, less popular. Poor star. <laughs> That's a different, that is a different, different show. All right. And the following spoopy shout outs to Liz from David. Happy anniversary to Alex from Sierra. Happy belated birthday. Oh, this is a good one. To Bobby Tuba. From check this out. <laughs> Wait for it. From Love Muffin Honey Bunches. Ha, uh, thanks for making me a bad magician. To Heaven from Sean. Happy belated birthday. And to Livers. That's short for Olivia. From your mom Sydney. Happy thirteenth birthday. That's a uh, true creeper. Get him young. <laughs> I love all the nicknames, and I love the uh, I love the variety of last people's uh, people's last names. Oh, yeah, we There's talked so, about that. So many, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoy the interesting first names. Mm-hmm. Like Seraphim. That is a... I fucking love that name. <laughs> I want to have a child right now just so I can name it that. Uh, that is our show. Thank you for continuing to send in your personal tales of terror to my story at scaredtodeathpodcast.com. You can email us for everything else, info at scaredtodeathpodcast.com. Thanks to Logan Keith and Liz Hernandez for their work on social media and to Logan again for running badmagicmerch.com. Uh, thanks to Joe Paisley for producing and directing today, Zach Cohen for custom soundbed creation, Heather Rylander for organizing the My Story emails, and to book editor Drew Atana for helping format the listener stories each week. Uh, thanks to producer Olivia Lee for finding today's first story. I found the second one. Enjoy your nightmares, creeps, and peepers. I hope you were scared to death. Bye. If spirits threaten me in this place, fight water by water and fire by fire. Banish their souls into nothingness and remove their powers until the last trace. Let these evil beings flee through time and space. Evil may pass through but has no home here within scared to death. Bad Magic Productions. Mm-hmm. 
Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow.